Hello and welcome to the Fellowship Phase, an Adventures in Middle-Earth podcast. I'm Josh and that's Callum. We're going to give you inside information on how to find your own path through Tolkien's world. As the River Gladden spills into the Anduin, it creates a waterlogged landscape of ponds, little slow-flowing channels and marshes called the Gladden Fields. The marshes are not especially perilous or unpleasant. This land knew the elves long ago, and their blessing lingers here. In summer, the fields become fields of gold, and streams of silver as flowers bloom on the banks, and fish leap in the waters. However, travelling at speed through the marshes is impossible. Those who choose not to march around the marshes must resign themselves to struggling in and out of sucking mud. Hello, Callum. Hello, Josh. Very musical today. I'm gladdened to be here. Wow. 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 I wasn't expecting another pun, but there you have it. I'm also gladdened to be here because the Gladden Fields is a really cool part of the Vales of Anduin and so rooted in Tolkien's lore. Yes. A lot of very important stuff happens there. Yes. Uh, we've just talked about Stony Ford. Yes, just talked about Stony Ford. And Gladden Fields are a little bit south, a few days travel south on the other side of the river. Well, as you say, where the, the River Gladden and the Anduin meet is kind of where the, the marshes are. Yeah. What should we talk about first? The lore aspects of it? I think that's maybe useful to touch on if people haven't heard of the Gladden Fields. Yes, I think that's good as, to, as players to understand, even though a lot of our characters didn't know much of yes but it was exciting as players because we did know that kind of meta knowledge of i'm not sure everybody knew actually because some some of the players don't have that much token knowledge outside of that's true yeah so yeah so the gladden fields are are written about by Tolkien as the place where essentially battle of the last alliance you see that in the prologue of the lord of the rings uh you see the numenorians and the elves and lots of other people fought in the battle of the last alliance but that's shown defeating Sauron and the Silder takes the ring and then it shows that he is marching back home and gets attacked by some orcs and, and killed in the water. The Silder and still one of my favorite memes, Elrond calling after him. Yes, yeah, so good. So in the book, Isildur, it's sometime later, so they retire to Gondor, they do a lot of work there. Isildur, when Elendil, his father, died, he becomes the king of Arnor which is why Aragorn is the heir to Isildur, and Anarion, who is Isildur's brother, becomes ruler of Gondor. So the, the two kingdoms are sort of split off in that way. And Isildur's travelling for the north with, I think, all but one of his sons, and quite a large retinue, like a quite like heavily armed, you know, powerful group of Numenorean soldiers yeah. with the ring. And when they are near to the Gladden Fields, they get attacked by a large group of orcs and over time i think this is maybe an unfinished tales that talks about this or maybe it's in the similarity i can't remember which book it is that it mentions this there's quite a lot of detail written about uh, how this goes down the attack on Isildur and his men um a lot of them are killed they can't use their like um steel bows properly because of certain problems and essentially the fighting isn't the sort of fighting that they want to be doing and then they're trapped and then Isildur gets one of the men to run with some of the heirlooms 
of a cylinder. So then that, those are the things that end up being like the shards of Narsil and a couple of other oh. things are, are taken north to, to Rivendell for safekeeping. And everyone dies. And a cylinder tries to escape and puts in the ring and dies. Why is this relevant to Gladdenfields? Because it's next to Gladdenfields that this happens, and that's where Silda dies. And when we later on join up with Smeagol and Deagle and they find the ring, that's sort of where those hobbits, you know, before they went to Hobbiton in the Shire, uh, lived in that area. Yeah. And I think that's really fascinating because to me that means that, well, there was a big battle here, so there's probably bodies, there may be restless spirits, they didn't die in have a proper funeral, you know, not made it to the West. There's probably arms and weapons. And if you knew that a battle had happened in history, maybe that's where the ring is still. Yeah. If you didn't know that some random little hobbit had found the ring and taken it off into the Misty Mountains and then it gone other places. It was exciting because as a player, I didn't know the depth of the lore to that, to that extent. I've not read Unfinished Tales. But I did know that this is where Isildur died and that the ring lay for a long time. So as a player, it was exciting to think this is like a central location in the lore. But as a character, Theodric wouldn't have known that. Yeah, it's just a swamp. Uh, so it's not like, it's just, it's yeah. Just a swamp in the middle of nowhere. Uh, whereas it, as a player, I was like, I'm excited to go here because even though I don't know what's there, it feels important. Yes. So in the game, um, we've sort of skipping around with the order a bit here, but it makes sense in our heads. Um, you'd gone after coming through the elf path, you'd spoken to Radagast and his trust helper, Noi, the squirrel, who I think is one of our favorite NPCs. A hundred percent one of our favorite NPCs, Noi the squirrel. I actually made like a custom image for him. I took like a a squirrel token and like gave it a cataract eye and scar and (laughs) small (laughs) ring on its finger and stuff like that. It was was very silly. I don't think you noticed the ring for a while. Um, that was me just being very silly of Noi. Uh, yeah, that when we did notice that there was a ring, I have to. It felt very important. It felt like there was more going on than we first understood. The ring does seem to change size to different fingers. <laughs> the uh, he Radagast <laughs> had been aware that there'd been light seen in the Gladden Fields yes. and asked the party to go and investigate. And this, the Gladden Fields and the fortress that lies within the Gladden Fields, which is called the Dwimmerhorn, is described in quite a lot of detail in the Wilderlands Adventures. It's one of the one of the pre-written quests is similarly, I think it's called like Lights in the Dark or something, and you're you're asked to go into the Gladden Fields to, to investigate that. And I don't want to spoil that adventure too much for people. We didn't we didn't actually the the whole premise of that adventure is leading to something that's in the Dermerhorn, which we haven't used. So I don't think it'll be spoiled. Oh, really? like, the main thing there is what do you find and why are you going into the Dermerhorn in the end? And we didn't use that, so it wouldn't be spoilers. And I don't think oh, it's huge spoilers to talk about the Gladden Fields what we, and what, what we did, did there. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I knew that the Dwimmerhorn, we'd maybe spoken about this, I knew that the Dwimmerhorn was in the adventure books and that this area was reasonably fleshed out as a potential adventure area. It became a big part of our game. I don't. I didn't know that what we did find was not... The yeah, completely different. That we'd gone a different direction. Yeah, there's That's some art and there's some guidance on what sort of creatures might be there, and there's some good stuff about combat terrain, which was quite useful. And there's also some NPCs that we used. What do you remember about that adventure going into the the Gladden Fields? How did it feel going there? Did it feel like a dangerous area, or was it? 
It did. And I think part of that came from the unknown, the fact that it was a question mark on a map, you know, fog of war. Radagast's quest for us was quite mysterious. He'd seen lights, very vague. Go to this place that's a bit dangerous, find out what it is. I think as a I don't think all quest hooks should be vague. I think sometimes it's helpful to very specific ones. I think vague quest hooks can be very helpful because the players use their imagination to fill in and often make it very ominous, suspicious. There's often disagreement between the players on what the question mark is, what what these lights could be. And also what the realms of the quest are. If it's very clear, like, go kill this guy, come back. And you're like, all right, we killed the guy, let's go back where you're like go and find out and then that can lead to some interesting discussion like it did at city of either like what is a remit what are we being asked to do what yes. risks we want to take and then that comes into character differences about like people are more risk adverse than others people have different ideas of what they want to do they are different motivators so that could be quite interesting so i think that was a good setup because it felt mysterious from the off we knew that the terrain was different and in obviously in tolkien's work and particularly in adventures middle earth differences in terrain are so important the maps are important being a wanderer having known lands uh, the journey tables the difficulties of the lands we travel through are really important and knowing that we were moving into a different type of terrain a swamp really and things would be different and there would be rules for that and it was going to be challenging we'd be fish out of water it would be more difficult for us was was exciting uh, an exciting place to explore and you did a great job of kind of distinguishing the first part of our journey where we just traveled through the Vale of Anduin you know it's just fairly standard kind of open plains we had to cross the river which was pretty challenging because crossing the Anduin is a huge river it's not easy and there's no magic to get us across so I think we built a raft was what we decided to do which took a bit of time and we kind of rafted across and we arrived in the swamp <laughs> <laughs> That's so long discussing that. Yep, yep. We became very bogged down, I think, in, uh, no pun intended, in the raft. I'm sure it was one of those occasions where we ended up actually Googling things to find yeah, out. Like, yeah, finding about how to make raft and, stuff, and yeah. how it would easy be. I love that part of RPGs where you like, <laughs> go into this little internet hole and you're like, why am I looking this stuff up? But we got to the swamp and you then did a really good job narrating the terrain being completely different. Uh, the flavor of the area was completely different. It was wet. You talked about how our boots were full of water. There was moisture in the air. There was a lot more wildlife. Like we could hear birds and insects. And it felt like an area where we we shouldn't be, which was great. Because we were we constantly had this conflict of we want to press forward to find the answer, but we feel we shouldn't be here. And even without there being mobs of enemies, it felt like a dangerous place to be. And we were making various roles as we went along. And then we did encounter another creature there. Uh, I think it was Theodric, who was at maybe at the back of the group. Mm, we I love needed to that. make, um, I think it was dexterity checks as we went along, which you'd been narrating as, you know, there are pools of water deeper than others. Some of them are hidden and swampy. and We needed to be very careful. Theodric was not dexterous. He failed. And what actually happened was one of the local people uh, <laughs> grabbed him and dragged him away. And there was a great moment where I had effectively disappeared into a hole and the other characters <laughs> were scrabbling around trying to find me. <laughs> that was all, it was great. I think more people kept slowly disappearing. Yep. And nobody could see um, what was going on. 
And it was so much fun to run. And this was the introduction of Bygrol, who's an NPC, which is a minor spoiler for the, the for that adventure. He was a, a wild hobbit who who lives in the Laden Fields, and they've kind of invented this group. But I think it's I think it's kind of makes sense. Maybe some hobbits got left behind when they migrated west, and yeah, are still there. It was he was great fun. It it, it, it really underlined this idea that we were in an area that was alien to us. <laughs> We met this quite strange creature uh, who took us to his his home, I think. And and we had the opportunity then, once we realised he wasn't actually an enemy, but did feel we were invading his land. Once we realised he wasn't an enemy, we got to have a role-playing discussion and we can ask a lot of questions about the lights, which he told us about. He talked about this fortress, the Dwimmerhorn, and you did a great job of using that to let some of the local lore and these questions about what's going on kind of seep out. And as part of that, we we learned that there were orcs here in the Gladden Fields, which seemed very ominous because I think Tolder made some roles, being kind of the, the expert, the learned expert, this kind of thing. But this was an unusual place for them to be. Yes, it was a wild area, but there wasn't a natural reason why there would be orcs here in the Gladden Fields. We were suspicious of that. Uh, our suspicions were heightened and we wanted to kind of press closer to see the Dwimmerhorn. Uh, you kept kind of luring us forwards and forwards and forwards mm. uh, while also introducing the wild hobbits, which was interesting because we didn't, we'd not had any hobbits in our party at that point. So this was our first play, uh, character interaction with hobbits. Yes, mm. that's right. Yeah, it was really fun running him because he's got rules in the one of the books and uh I think it's Ravanian region guy, maybe. And it, it says he always counts as having rolled at least a 20 on stealth or something. <laughs> and it's just such a ridiculous rule. You're like, I can have some fun with this. <laughs> and it was quite a fun way to introduce him, quite secretive. And there's a whole lot of stuff about where they live and some relatives and stuff. And I think he's got, I think I ended up making it that he had some relatives that were a prisoner in the Dwimmerhorn. Yes. There's actually there was more than one way you could have approached that. So, in the Wilderland Ventures, there's someone at Mountain Hall that knows that. So you're meant to go to Mountain Hall and then from there, go into the Gladden Fields. Oh, right, okay. And that had I'd planned that in case you did do that, I thought you might go and ask around and see if anybody. But you just went straight there and got a boat, and I was like, oh, okay, but that's that works as well. So there was other ways that you could have approached the the situation, which meant would have meant different things and I what what was great about the garden fields is that they're obviously it's a journey that you're doing and it's swamp so like I had mended some of the journey rules and there's some suggestions about what might, events might happen and I think you interacted with some like bog men with some like bodies like undead yes at one point, I'm not sure if there was a couple of times you went to the Gladden Fields, so I'm not sure which time that was. And there was an interaction, like lots of hiding from orcs and trying to sneak. And it was the challenge wasn't like you can't just go in and kill all the orcs because if any of them get away and they know that people are there, that could be really bad. You did a great job, the more I think about it, of establishing it as this dangerous place. Uh, both with like very, you know, real tangible danger of the orcs, but also just that we couldn't really walk around properly and there was so much unknown, uh, which was great because it was very close to a lot of the other settlements where it was much more familiar footing. And we'd, we'd been playing for a while and we felt we'd built up allies and safe havens. And, you know, we had um, places that we could rest. Uh, 
And then it turned out that not that far away was really quite a dangerous area, not a dungeon in a literal sense, but very mm. much a, a role-playing game style dungeon that you move to a different territory where there are enemies think- and there are roles and there are traps, which in this case were effectively the swamp, but there were traps. Well, that's like a central theme in the way to talking, because no matter where you are in Middle Earth, it's like the wilds are just on your doorstep. Like the Shire yes. and Hobbiton, you know, just outside is these rangers guarding the things. And then there's the wastes and there's, you know, wargs and other things that are going on. Or there's the old forest and that's so close at hand and, and full of, of of dangerous things. But even in like settled places like Gondor, you know, there's there's the, the, the hillmen and like the, the undead in that area. The, you know, just outside Gondor, there's Mordor is right next to it. You know, there's... There's that sort of proximity and, and like there's not really an area in Middle Earth where it's like here is like completely safe and there's no problems. Really, the Shire is kind of as close as you get to that place. And that's why the stories start there is that's the it feels like the safest place. And the story kind of the inciting incidents are that the, the wild has kind of come to the Shire and that yeah. whether it's Bilbo, whether it's Frodo, they kind of end up having to engage with the wild, even if they don't want to. Yes. Um, so Gladden Fields, I think there's a lot you can do with with that lore. You know, you could say like, you know, there's armor, there's weapons, you can, there's things you can find. And there's also a lot of inspiration I think you can draw on about who might know that the ring ends up there. You know, who is going to be studying the lore. So maybe servants of the enemy are installed there. So maybe orcs, maybe ring wraiths, if they're around in, in that time period. Um an active or or other malign servants of the enemy are dispatched to that area and this Dwimmerhorn fortress that sits in the middle is a really great base and it's pretty close to Dol Guldur which recently in in this game timeline the White Council have gone in around the time of the Hobbit and cleared out Dol Guldur and they're sort of in hiding so maybe this is somewhere that they go to which is why Radagast is worried about it yeah Uh, and Saruman which we'll, we'll talk about later on you know he's someone I thought in my head well if anybody's going to know where the ring ended up yes. and where that battle happened, is Saruman. So Saruman is going to be here at some point. Before we did anything to Gladden Fields, I knew he was going to going to come there at some point. And I, well, all I knew didn't know was when you were going to interact with him. That's really exciting. Yeah, it felt like an important place. That as players, as a meta point of view, we kind of knew that it was an important place. We didn't know what was happening. Yeah. But that there were big characters and in the 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 you know the written lore lots happened here and we were kind of unsure where in that mm. timeline we were like what was happening around the same time which was really exciting it can be i think there's a risk that because you're in this established setting with with particularly when you're playing so i know people will play this at different times that some people I love the idea of playing in the first or second age, which I think is quite intriguing, but I think is a, would be a very different game. And I probably would use different mechanics, like more D&D or maybe more yeah. high magic and stuff, which is, which is cool. Um, or some people play their game in the fourth age where you just don't have any guidance other than the loose stuff about the, the shadow returns or something that Tolkien started writing. Um, but, you know, because we know what's going to happen in like 60 years time in this game. Lord of the Rings are going to happen. And although in this area it's loosely sketched out, we know there'll be like an attack on the Florian. We know the Grim Bjorn will be around, so there's Bjornings. We know that some of the characters survive. You know, Gandalf's yeah. not going to die. We know that. <laughs> and that can be a little bit constraining. 
but I actually think it's really fun when you play around with that a little bit. And so you, I, I will like, if there's something that we know happens as players, I will make references in the game. It's almost like, I wonder if this analogy will work. Do you know a really good children's film or children's program? You can tell it's good because there's stuff in there for adults. Yes, 100% understand. And, and it's yes. like, you know, there's a whole layer to the story or references or jokes, which don't ruin it for the kids. They're, they're just like, take it at face value. But the adults will be like, oh, there's a hidden meaning there yes. that they don't get. And I think you can do that here by adding in references to stuff that the players know. So like when, when you interact with Saruman, you can add in stuff, which as players, you're like, oh, that's a bit odd. Like that links into this. But as characters, you have to remind people when like, no, 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 Saruman's a great guy. Like, you're absolutely charmed by him. Like, nothing seems odd. Yes. But as players, and I think you, you kind of, you, you maybe have to do that because the risk is otherwise that, you know, it's quite hard to differentiate what you know as a player and as a character. Particularly if you know a lot of the lore of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And like, I don't want to get it wrong um, either when I'm running games, which is what's great about running in this area rather than somewhere that there's a bit more known about. Um, because you're less likely to, to tread and get something wrong. Or you can just change it. It's your game. Who cares? Um, I think fun should come above lore at the end of the day. But Oh, I totally agree. Um, I don't want some people to be like, well, actually, that's not how this is works. I don't, nobody would ever say that, I think, in, in the game. But, but it might spoil a game for some people. They might yeah, they might want lose their it to be more great. Yes, so exactly. I quite that's like reading up in lore and then referencing it. Um in a bleak way and doing that with with stuff that, that sort of lifts the the fourth wall almost a little, a little bit about stuff i think it's good i think it's good to play with your players passion for the setting because one of the reasons i imagine that a lot of people play adventures middle earth is that they love the setting yes that is likely why you would seek out a game like this and because of that 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 should be a, a bonus is that your players are already really invested and that you can hook them in with things that their characters might not understand but as players they're really excited about like uh, like meeting Gandalf we've talked about this in an episode before yeah. Theodric and Runin encountered Gandalf and whether they as characters would have had some sense of Gandalf they would have got a sense from him that he was important they didn't weren't that excited but as a player because I knew who he was, I was super excited, and that was something that, as a DM, you could you know you could use. Could play so, off, yeah, and make it make it impactful, or just actually kind of go a bit silly of it and be like, "This is quite an innocuous interaction. You just happen to stumble into Gandalf. This isn't like a massive, like huge audience, like big moment. It's just a yeah. random roll on a table, and you're just like, oh, hey, Gandalf, bye.' You know? <laughs> <laughs> the world feels more real. It's that immersion, and I think with the Gladden Fields, it was somewhere that as players we knew was important and as characters we'd been hinted that there was something going on here and we should investigate and then because as players we knew it was important we wanted to investigate and essentially to wrap up this ep this episode because we're going to come back and talk about what ended up happening with the the dwimmer horn but you essentially and this is my memory of it so you can add in what you, what you think <laughs> you, you you went to gladden fields you were helped by Bygrol. you figured out that there were orcs moving in this area that they were seemingly searching for something that yes. the fortress of the Dwimmerhorn was held and i think you found out from someone that there had been people captured and taken prisoner there yes and i think that led to you coming to the idea of trying to lead some sort of rescue mission 
That's right. Although yeah. that wasn't like the definitive plan at this, but you you made plans that we're going to go to the we need to gather allies and we're going to go to the Drimahorn. And that was certainly not something you kept secret. No, absolutely not. And I actually think as players, we've tried we've tried not to do that kind of thing. Um, but we're quite open, and maybe that's just the nature. I don't. Well, I don't mean from me. I mean in the game. Like, oh, I see. What you you mean, weren't. Yes. You oh weren't, no, we did not keep were, that secret. You were very, very like vocal about we're going to go to the Dermahorn. We're going to, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> which just um, maybe comes on to the, the next session a little bit about the siege of Stony Ford and how that came about. I think it does. I think before we do wrap up, just something on the Gladden Fields, which, and I think I keep throwing praise in your direction. Something you did really well was that it was. The f- almost like a prelude to a bigger adventure. So the quest that we had was investigate, which hmm. was very open-ended. And I imagine we could have done it in different ways and got different levels of information. We were very suspicious of what we found. You know, lots of orcs, they were searching for something. That meta-knowledge as players, we were freaked out, like, they're searching for the ring. <laughs> the characters didn't know that. But as players, that's what we were concerned about. Like, there is some big scheme going on here. And then you really gave us these extra hooks of, ah, well, they've captured people. You know, Bygirl's family, you've made a friend of Bygirl, his family has been captured. Like, there's more work to do here, even if you do leave. And I think you did a good job of, like, we kind of wrapped up the quest in terms of what's going on, or at least we could report back some information. But it felt like there was a bigger adventure to be had here, and you'd already established that the terrain was difficult and what the rules of that were. You'd established NPCs in the area. You'd established what types of enemies were in the area. And with the fortress, which you described, you kind of knew the terrain. And Mm. I think that was exciting because it let us do what role-playing players love. We got to plan the adventure, which was fun. Yeah, so you you kind of went and found out and knew all all the information. And it was, yeah, I think we've done that quite a few times about you've been in an area and foreshadowing and sometimes i'm like well this thing here that's going to be a higher level you know like it's almost like in a video game trope again where you know you can see there's an area on the map and you're like (laughs) it's got like a red skull you know it's like don't go there yeah it's it's kind of like gated almost yeah yeah um so you can see doomerhorn's a dangerous area which you'll you'll come to later on so yeah gladden fields a good bit of exploration and uh these wild hobbits, surprisingly dangerous. Yeah, I'm glad that we've managed to field those discussions. Wow. Um. <laughs> it felt like this whole episode is just been you trying to find a way to say that sentence. That just came up. Completely... <laughs> it came up organically, didn't it? It came up organically. Yeah, all the produce of the Gladden Fields is organic. Oh my God. We need to draw things to close before he's out of control. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Or did we say that in the later bit? I don't remember what we say in the end of it. No emails except on party business. And comments, suggestions, and questions to the fellowship phase at gmail.com. The long year turns to its close. Much we have accomplished these last seasons. Our fellowship disbands, but is not broken, and we will return. On the next episode of The Fellowship Phase. <laughs>